Um, you know, I, I was at, at my mom's a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and I was going along the back way of Union Springs, and I know what you're thinking because you have actually been on the quote-unquote main highway. And to, really? that, to you, that's probably a back road. But there is actually a more remote back road. <laughs> and there's this family. They breed Labrador Retrievers. And this okay. just kind of sums up America right now, Tim. Uh-oh. What? They got a new mailbox. And they spelled their names wrong on the mailbox. Oh, no. (laughs) And the Trump flag is just a flap it in the breeze. (laughs) And I was just kind of like. Did you pull over and take a picture? I didn't. I should, though. (laughs) But see, then you would see their name, and I don't want to do that. Is, their last name isn't like Pat or something. Is it? No, on, no, <laughs> no. But I mean, you know, of all the names, you should know how to spell. Shouldn't you know, shouldn't you know how to spell your last name? How, how many letters are in this name, John? <laughs> Eight. Okay. Well, that's an average name. Yeah. It's not Pat, but it's not supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. No, exactly. Yeah, but I just can you say that supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? Well, now you can. I can sing it. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Did you sing it in grade school, Catholic school? That's why I know that. That's the one thing in Catholic school I don't forget. They let you. Oh, you must have had some real liberal hippie nuns. No, we wouldn't have sang. We we learned. uh, the Prayer to St. Francis, that was one song well, you we remember, sang. I was, I ride my bike because the nun told me, you know, that whole story. You got to go back and listen to another story. All right, you go back. I got, yeah. I got in trouble. I got in trouble for loving my bike too much. Je- loving I, your I bike, my more, bike than Jesus. more than Jesus. That's exactly what happened. It wasn't that you loved your bike too much, Tim. It's that you loved your bike more than you loved Jesus. It's the SETI BIMCO Halloween Spooktacular Scary Hour. This show has two hosts, Tim and John. Each host has ten fingers, two eyes, and one nose. For now. This is, this, yeah, this is the Sunny Bimco Show. The show where we talk to people about their embarrassing, weird, humorous high school experiences and we watch weird high school movies that are bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's episode 30-something, 35, 33. 30 something. It's up there, 33, 34, 35. I can't believe it. Before you tell your story, I want to say that I was on another podcast, a podcast called Six Unseemly Questions. It probably already aired. Oh, why was I not aware name. of this, Tim? Because I just did it Saturday. Oh, I think okay. I told you six months ago I was going to do it, but they finally got around to me because they have lots of guests. Oh, Okay. It's hosted by Victor Renato, a comedian. Uh-huh. He was once on Conan. You can look him up and see when he appeared on Conan. Did his stand-up. Okay. He's a funny guy, nice guy. Well, actually, I don't know if he's a nice guy. I never, I don't, I've only met him once, but he seems right. like a nice guy. Well. I, I don't he, like to he, be like, hey, okay, yeah. he's my pal. I met him once online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're the best. Was, we're best friends. He asked me six unseemly questions. So you go check out what happened and hear my answers. Okay. Okay. All right. On to you, John. Anything? No, this I week? think Anything? you know we we got a great guest today. Though it's our first time that we've ever had siblings. We mm-hmm. the, the, a sibling of a former guest be on the show, um, and his name is Will Dotson. And no, I don't well, really wait, have wait. anything. Wait, <laughs> I have something to say before we get to him. Hold oh, on, okay. Will. Stay in the green room. Stay. Wait. Wait, Will. <laughs> 
Help yourself um, to another tablespoon of olive oil. Yeah, what was I going to tell you? Oh, I was going to say, John, do you, in Auburn, I don't know if you have what we have in, in Brooklyn, but when you go to the bank. Probably not. No, I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> we have doormen for our banks. I don't know if you have doormen. Do you have a doormen that opens the door for the bank for you? Mm, no. We, in Brooklyn, we have door people that could be female or male. They open the door and they say, now with the, hom- now with the homeless guy <laughs> who's asking for least change count as a doorman. That, that those are the door people. Yes. Oh, door okay. people. Oh, Sometimes okay. it's women. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Then, okay. Yes, we do have them. Okay. All right. I just okay. got it. Okay. See, I thought I you was do, making you a do joke. Have them. <laughs> I thought I was making a joke and you're like, no, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. We have door people. So, I've been so in the weekend. Obviously, the bank's closed, but you still got to go there to go to the ATM if you want to buy, buy your drugs or whatever. Got to go right. get money. Um, right. So last weekend, I went there. There's a woman, and she. I'm getting my card out because you swipe your card to get through the locked door. Uh-huh. She's like, "It's not working. Not working today. You can't get in today." I'm like really? And, I, and she's homeless. I'm like, "Okay, let me try." And I, I can't get in. It doesn't work. She says, "See, it's not working today." And then she asked me for some money. And I'm, <laughs> she goes. <laughs> And, but, but but she knows what's going on with my bank more than I know. But And then right. this weekend, I went when the bank was closed again, and the guy saw me come, and he says, oh, you're going into the ATM machine? I said, I said yeah. He pulls out a card from his pocket and swipes a, a card to open the door for me. Why does the homeless guy have a, a bank card to my bank? Well, <laughs> what's, the, what, what's the minimum you need in a bank account? Like at my credit union, as long as you I have mean, thirty, as long as you have thirty dollars in the account, they'll keep it open for you. I guess is is yeah. he like you know is he does he have a place to live and this is his side hustle to open the door and ask you if you got some money on your way out, which is terrible because when the ATM gives you twenty dollar bills, I don't have money on the way out to give to him. Right, right. Or anybody, I'm I'm going right. there to get money, and he, he knows right. I'm getting twenties. Right. You're not getting a 20, buddy. Anyway. You sometimes just got to be honest yeah. with them, Tim, and pray they don't have a knife. Or you can outrun them. You know, you're in pretty good shape. Nice. You you bike a lot. You can probably outrun them. You'd be fine. They're, all, ni- no- they're all nice. We know yeah. most of their names. Oh, the you, I'm not saying you don't have to be nasty to them. I just say, I just no, tell them, nice. you know, I, I just tell them, I'm sorry, I can't afford it this week. And that's the truth. No, that's what I say. No, yeah. I'm saying they are nice. Nobody has knives. Well, nice. yeah, they're nice until you tell them, no, you're not going to give them money. Then suddenly the table's turn is all I'm saying. Well, anyway, just wanted to tell you about our doorman. Okay. They, can even open, they can even swipe the doors open for us. So let's stop talking about whatever we're talking about. Let's stop now talking can, about whatever we're talking about. Let's get to Will. Let's get to Will in the green room. I want to introduce this week's guest I'm very excited about. Mr. Will Dodson, who is author, along with his editor, Christopher Woofter, of a book called American Twilight, The Cinema of Toby Hooper, published by University of Texas Press. Correct? Yes. Well, I should say Chris and I are are co-editors. Co-editors. Okay. But welcome. Welcome, Will. We have no audience. Yay. Yay. One day we'll get the studio audience. (laughs) We'll be bigger than Regis and Kathy Lay. (laughs) <laughs> I have one question to start off with that's not about Toby Hooper because you said okay. you're a fan of Herschel Gordon Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> and John and I watched just for the hell of it. Oh man, that was a tough one. You did. <laughs> I, I listened I listened to that episode. You did you did a good job with it, I think. It was 
probably more entertaining to listen to you. Than well, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I like watching these old these movies that people made on a shoestring. I'm not. Oh, yeah. I hope people know I'm not like. I'm not down on these people. I just want to have a movie to talk about with John and have fun for an hour. Yeah. Right. Um, it's more like a catalyst for the conversation. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I wanted Lewis to know, Lewis. do you know anything about that movie that we missed? I mean, do you oh, know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was uh, it Lewis. filmed in Florida? Yeah. Yeah. Lewis. Ah, I was Florida. right. Florida. He, yeah. He's uh, he's one of the, the true uh, <clears throat> auteurs of drive-in cinema, invented the gore movie along with the the great carnival barker turned filmmaker, David Friedman. Lewis was a really interesting guy. He was an English teacher in Mississippi who turned to uh, filmmaking as a way to uh, make a, a buck. And he started out making these nudie cuties, uh, okay. basically nudist colony movies. Get around right. and I've heard of Goldilocks and the Three Bears, B-A-R-E-S. I saw that in his oeuvre. (laughs) Yeah, he's great. Uh, He he once said, my favorite quote by him is he said, uh, my films are, he said, my films are like the poems of Walt Whitman. No good, but the first of their kind and therefore deserving of some status. (laughs) That's a good, that's a good quote. I read he, he, he won, he won copywriting or advertising awards, right? He, did, he was he was a master of direct mail sales, well, junk mail. Uh, young people don't know about Ooh. this, but you, you all remember mailboxes and junk mail, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh I still sure, know. yeah, yeah. Uh, he was he, he gave seminars, and I actually have a couple of his books on on marketing. Um, oh my god! Yeah, he's he was a pretty smart guy. <laughs> well, now That's, I don't know if I like him so much. No, yeah. Every everything he worked mail. in was disreputable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But here's the thing about it, though. I mean, even though we were kind of like doing it tongue in cheek, uh-huh. like I remember every scene, like yeah. to the minutia. Because it was in the same know, hotel some, room, do you think? Bizarre. I think, you, yeah. I yeah. mean, you remember the movie when you're when you're done watching it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they, and there is wondering. something to be said about those movies. I mean, we're going to be talking about uh, Toby Hooper, you know. Yeah. His big film was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you know they remade that. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I was working in a Italian restaurant down in Ithaca. One of the people I used to wait on, one of my regulars, was. Well, I was told he was the, the producer of the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it wasn't Michael Bay, and I don't think it was that Mike Fleiss either. I think he was a producer. Like you put enough zeros on the end of a check. And you're a producer. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that because you have to have those zeros on the checks to make the movies. But, you know, when they Mike. remake something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or if somebody was going to remake something like Just for the Hell of It, it loses something when, when it gets to be too slick and yep. too yeah. commercial using air quotes. There's something – I'm going to use the word almost charming about the almost non-existent special effects budget, you know? I mean, there's just something really awesome about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you could create what, what Texas Chainsaw was. Like, wow. No. no. Yeah. So, so gritty and, and documentary realistic, you know? And you, uh, I read yeah. as much of your book as I could read. You, you talked a lot about... <sighs> Well, I don't want to be too serious because we just goof around and have fun in this podcast. But you're talking about the horror of the home. Yeah. And um, I was always told and I, that 
that Psycho and Texas Chainsaw are two sides of the Ed Gein story because Ed Gein, Both, you know, skinned yeah. people and he made <laughs> furniture out of skin and and that was a horror of the home. I mean, that home was yeah. not happy before that. I think he maybe accidentally killed his brother. We're not sure. Do you know the whole story of Ed Gein? Yeah, well, since, since we're keeping it light. Um, yeah. <laughs> talk about Ed Gein. We'll talk about Ed Gein. We're keeping it light. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing funnier than Ed Gein. Nothing to get the laughs rolling. That's right. Yeah. Right uh, up there with Leslie Van Houten. Oh, no. Well, he was, uh, you know, to, to uh, crib from Psycho, he was he was a boy who had a very special relationship with his mother. Right. Um, and yeah, he was a grave robber and potentially a cannibal, and and, and he did uh, kill and skin a couple people. But um, you know, uh, the the Psycho, Silence of the Lambs, uh, um, Deranged, Texas Chainsaw Massacre—they all they all take Ed Gein as one of their um, uh, mm-hmm. starting points, but but then take it in very new directions. In fact, Hooper. Uh, uh, was a really funny guy and had a lot of black humor in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre that he felt like people didn't get, and that's one oh, of the reasons. That's one of the reasons he made the the sequel, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. Uh, he wanted to go a little more over the top, so people would. Uh, oh, get I got in on some the of the humor. Like, yeah, I mean, there's that scene where he's riding with, running out with a chainsaw, and he kind of stops. At the, I can't explain it. He does this staggered turn like a cartoon character. I yeah, I was assumed that was meant to be. Funny, yeah, well, but, well uh, it, it was it was funny and functional. Gunnar Hansen, um, who was about six foot eight, played Leatherface, um, couldn't see out of his mask very well, and was also wearing um, cowboy boots that are about two sizes too small. Oof. So when he would when he would, we had to when he had to turn, oh. he had to kind of do a little uh, two step uh, to turn around. <laughs> <laughs> but it looked it looked good on camera. So and and it made the character. Uh, uh, Kind of yeah. stoogish. Un- you know, okay, unintentionally funny, or yeah, yeah, it was unintentional, well, but it worked. Yeah, right. Yeah, you find those in the editing suite, you know. Yeah. In Hooper's case, not an editing suite. He he, he edited the film in his living room. <laughs> right. You, you said that. Yeah, I watched yeah. one of your other interviews. That's oh, did I? my my head is too full of questions for you. That you we did the research. Do. Well, I'll back up. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what do you want to talk about from the book? Is there anything amazing you want to tell us? Because I have so many questions and you're the guest. Oh, well, or, you know. Are things I, that we don't know that you found in your research because I didn't get a chance to read your entire book? Sure. Well, I, I will say this, you know, without any, with, 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 all, with all humility, um, you know, it's a collection of essays featuring some amazing scholars um, and it's very, but at the same time, it's very readable. We, we, this is the first scholarly uh, and comprehensive book about Hooper, and we really wanted it to to um, reach an audience that um, that he deserves to reach. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I would I would encourage people to check it out. You know, we don't we're not going to make any nobody makes any money in academic publishing. So I'm not I'm not hawking any wares here. I just want to spread the word. I think one of the most interesting things we discovered was Hooper had a, a legendary Lost film that he did right before Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, and that was a documentary called uh, The Song is Love. And it was about um, the um, dangerous radical group known as Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> I read about that. Yeah. I, was so, <laughs> so, I was surprised that he did this little film. 
And it was it's it, it's it was the holy grail. We spent um, Chris did most of the research on this. I have to give him credit. Uh, uh, actually, he did all the research on this. I'll give him full credit. Uh, but I'm here, and he's not. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, however, some... if you would like to be a guest, you can email us yeah. at sunnydimka with oh, an e yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, he, t- he spent a year and a half trying to track this thing down, and, and we finally um, uh, found this guy, Stan Giese, who who's written a couple books about uh, Hooper as well that have just come out, great great books. Um, and he, he had worked on a couple of um, – Hooper Productions, Spontaneous Combustion, I'm Dangerous Tonight, and uh, Invaders from Mars. Anyway, he, he shared a digital copy with us, and it's amazing. Oh, okay. um, the interviews he has with, with Peter, Paul, and Mary are, are fantastic. Uh, he gets footage of them at uh, anti-war demonstrations, at civil rights demonstrations in Memphis. Um, this is the one you're waiting for the sun to give you permission to transfer right. it that I read? Right. Okay. And, that they and, are, the people that own it. Right, which which we never did, and um, so after all that work, the book comes out, and a couple months later, wouldn't you know it, the damn thing's on YouTube. You can go watch it right after this if you want oh. to. Great. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> well, which I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I wish right, they right, you went out her. there, but as you know, you could have just gone on YouTube. You would have. Gosh, the other things you could have done with your life, you know? I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I want to know about, because I, I listened to part of one of your interviews, and I think I didn't hear the end of it, and you said you're going to get to it. And I don't know if um, John knows about this controversy, but I want to know your take on Poltergeist. Oh, God. Yeah. And, and if John doesn't know, do you know, John? <laughs> that, I know Poltergeist. What's the, what's the question he, you're he, asking me, Tim? you well, got to ask me a full question, Tim. <laughs> Well, the rumor has it that Toby was set to direct, start directing it, and Spielberg came along and said, "I got to take over and do this movie." Mm-hmm. So, and people have argued about what really happened. Mm-hmm. So, I wondered what you found out, Will. Well, it's, or if you it's found a, out anything, or your opinion. Yeah, well, all, all three of those things. It's a it's a specious rumor that was that was uh, that was started by um, some crew members on the set who were. Um, you know, kind of it was this pre-internet kind of tabloid leaks and rumor rumor spreading and, and gossip mongering. Um, okay. They didn't like Toby, is what you're saying, and they were unhappy. For, don't for know whatever, why. yeah, for whatever reason, um, I think anybody who watches a lot of Steven Spielberg movies and watches a lot of Toby Hooper movies, if you see Poltergeist, you know you're looking at a, a Toby Hooper movie. The, the fact is, Hooper and Spielberg wrote the script together. They co-wrote the script. Right. And, and of course... Of course, one of Spielberg's big uh, recurring themes is is suburban suburbia and childhood. Um, but this is not the suburban nostalgia of of ET. No. Or, <laughs> no. This is this is uh, this is balls to the wall uh, terror and and and. Although they uh, all get out alive, don't they, in Poltergeist? Well, I don't want to spoil it. Well, in the movie well, they do. <laughs> in real yeah. life, well, we'll talk about Sadly, that later. But anyway. Yeah, family. Um, you know, people culture guys. We're not. We're not spoiling things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Spielberg was a, a hands-on producer, but you don't you don't hear these rumors about you know Gremlins or The Burbs or or right. uh, uh, Back to the Future. Or, wait, did he produce Back to the Future? I don't know. He worked with Zemeckis or something. Um, yeah. But but Hooper was a, re- a retiring guy. He was not a Hollywood guy. He was an independent guy. He was. 
he was uh, quiet, kind of kind of reserved, and just kind of lent itself to those kinds of rumors. Yeah, right. And I'm wondering, I'm I'm also wondering since you know he probably didn't work with like a lot of the union people before that, you know, and there are union rules. There are union rules for, you know, the crew and the cast. And and he yeah. probably was so used to just not having to obey by those rules. So maybe that could have been an issue. Maybe that was their problem with was, Cooper. Was this his first big, big film? The two before that were Eaten Alive and uh, yeah, Funhouse. I mean, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. Uh, certainly, he'd worked with unions before. Um, I could only speculate. I, I don't. I don't. I can't really speak to that. But it, it is true. It, like, you know, and I, I've said this several times. If, if if Poltergeist looks anything like a Spielberg movie, it's because it has Spielberg money and right. it has those special it's, effects and those the, those lens flares. Yeah. Right. It's the, it's the biggest budget he ever had. Um, and uh, but you know, he he went on to work with Spielberg several more times, directing for Amazing Stories, directing the pilot for the Taken Alien Abduction miniseries. Which um, I did not know until I read your material. Yeah. I didn't know that he directed uh, um, the music video, Dancing with Myself. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's one of the best essays in the uh, book. Um, uh, Jerry, I had Jerry no Matt. idea. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, I've now watched that video, you know, hundreds of times. And it's, I just did. it's a blast. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> now that I know he did it. I, yeah. Uh, it, and Billy, Billy a, Idol reportedly requested him. So. Yeah. And here's the thing, just one more thing about Poltergeist. Poltergeist, is, an, in my opinion, is an incredible movie. Yeah. I have probably seen yeah. it dozens of times. Even to this day, I will sit and, if I see Poltergeist come on, I will watch it. It's just, an, mm-hmm. it's just a fantastic movie. It's what you were saying, Well, It was that sort of that combination of the Spielberg, the suburbia, the... You know the little family, and you mix that with you know Toby Hooper, and it's like this chemical reaction almost. It's just it's incredible. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, I don't the, think the, the movie fun. could have been made. It had to have been made by both of them. If one or the yeah. other was not involved with it, it would have been a totally different movie. Would it have been a better movie? Would it have been a worse movie? I don't know, but it would have been a different movie. Yeah, and they had so much money. Good. If they had such a big budget, why reportedly? Did they have to use real skeletons in the pool? I heard that the fake skeletons would cost too much. And, you know, those, the skeletons in the pool, I, I've read that they're real because they're cheap. Do you well, know about they, this? They look better. You know, and if you're acting with a real skeleton, you know, you're going to have an existential moment. Uh, yeah. You know, you're, yeah. You're, looking, you're looking at yourself. <laughs> budget questions. That's all. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, by the way, Timmy, you do know that Will does not know everything about, like, I, I you know, what happened to. on the set of Poultry Guys, like, every day. Unless maybe he has the diary. I don't know. You know, <laughs> well, what did they serve for him. lunch on day? What did they serve for lunch on day 15, Will? Do you know that? <laughs> I, can, I, can be, I, can be, I can be certain there was a lot of Dr. Pepper on set. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, Poultry Guys? Any set that Cooper would be on would have a oh, lot of dust pepper. <laughs> that was his favorite drink. Yeah, yeah. Really, like Joan Crawford, like Joan Crawford and the Pepsi. Yeah, well, Pepsi and there you go. Allegedly, allegedly. Had to send that hundred pr- proof vodka over to make Trog because she can get hundred proof vodka in the UK. 
this is the rumor. But anyway, but we're going off on a tangent here. <laughs> I did want to ask you a question, Will, because you know, sure. we're talking about movies made in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Who, in, and this, I'm just asking for your opinion, who do you think is um, carrying the torch today in that genre? Or is that genre over? Like, I think of Rob Zombie's movies. I think mm-hmm. Rob Zombie is definitely p- playing homage to those sure. old movies. But is there anybody, like, maybe we don't know about, somebody very independent, somebody who's up and coming? Or do you think maybe that time, can those movies even be made anymore with, you well, know? Yeah, I mean, um, in the in the in the horror genre, I think there are, there are a lot of um, directors who, um, yeah, I think could fairly be said said to carry the torch. Ty West is probably one. Um, oh, What's there was. Directed? I, f- I oh. forget who directs who directed um, Midsummer and Hereditary. Oh yeah, um, I would say. Uh, that's a person who. Um, there you go. Certainly. Yeah, that's um, Ari 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 uh, Aster. Um, Ty West is 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 best known for The House of the Devil. Um, X, his new movie Pearl is oh, out the now. Movie X. Pearl. Oh, I, I've seen I've seen the uh, trailers for that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'd also say there's a there's a movie I saw recently by Ruth Paxton um, called A Banquet, and I think it's it's pretty fantastic. Um, a banquet, a banquet. Yeah, okay. uh, Ru- Ruth Paxton. Um, I think she's got uh, a lot going for her. Uh, Karen Kusama, maybe. Uh, I think she's uh, she did Jennifer's Body and, and oh yes, uh, Di- uh, the Diablo Cody script. Yes, right. Yeah, and I, I, that's, yeah. that's that's become kind of a, a appreciated uh, as it should be uh, recently. Um, right. Sometimes uh, Nikkei, whose time is – he's oh, not really yeah. the future now. I don't mean to say his time is over. I just mean John's asking about the future. He, I, I don't know what he's doing right now. Have you seen a Nikkei movie, John, Japanese director? I'm sure. Uh, I'm aware of, I'm aware of okay. the director, but I can't say I've ever seen a full film. Oh. I'm sure he released three movies last year. <laughs> he does five um, a year, right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's great. Uh, I always teach his uh, zombie musical, um, The Happiness of the Katakuris. Um, zombie musical? Yeah. Well, that, I didn't hear of this. Ha- happiness of the Katakuris. And, and zombie musical oh. is not, does not really do it justice. But okay. that's a good, it's a good way to get people interested is to say that. But there, it's way more than that. Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, what's another good horror film? Uh, Mariama Diallo's, her first film, Master. I thought that was... Oh really. yes, yes, that was good. I did very, see that. Yeah, very got you know gothic, very slow paced. Um, not concerned with being slick and, and commercial. You know, you know what that remind that remind me a lot of those old Hammer films from the UK, yeah. like the yeah. Draculas with Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. That movie mm-hmm. reminded me, and I love the old Hammer films. I don't know if the, when I was a kid if that was just what the Late Show used to show all the time. But that that reminded me a lot of those old movies. Yeah, speaking of Hammer, Hammer films. Yeah, speaking of Hammer films, if we could talk about Life Force. Sorry, I wrote oh, Space yeah. Force in my notes. I'm like Space Force. <laughs> yeah, well, originally it was Life Force. Space Vampires, which would have been more yes. accurate. But, um, but yeah. he made that like I read that he made that like a Hammer horror 
And when yeah. I watched it, I Big was like, margin. oh, yes. Because when I originally saw it, I was a little bit like, eh. I remember <laughs> being nonplussed. And like last year during the pandemic, it was streaming. And I watched it again. And I was like, oh, he meant this to be Hammer Horror. And yeah. I had a fun time watching it. Um, I, I love even that. Even though today... Stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Even though today you were saying... I'm just saying, even though today things are different, I'm like, ah, they made this woman be naked like for an hour. <laughs> it's very weird. Okay. I mean, I'm, it fits I'm... into the story, but back then, I know, I don't know if he did it or the producer's like, come on, she needs to be nude more. Got to sell no, this I'm, movie. I'm glad you said that because I was about to talk about how the film play, plays on masculinity because um, uh, it feels like um, the vampire is is um, Matilda May, the space girl. It feels yeah. like she, she's she's nude for about an hour, as you say, but she's she's only nude for about a minute, minute and a half. Um, but the way that the way it's conveyed uh, has such an impact. And and remember why you know she's she's the space vampire. Why does she look yes. the way she looks? Because mm -hmm. she reached into the mind of these male um, military men and astronauts yeah. and scientists and picked the thing that mm -hmm. they wanted to see. <laughs> the thing that made it is it is reversed. It's not the man vamp vampire seducing, right. uh, subducing, seducing the right. woman, seducing her. She she picks the form that makes them the weakest and most confused, and then proceeds to fucking kill them all <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> i love some of the practical effects in that movie where the i forget why he did it but the one vampire tries to run through the the bars of the prison and he just explodes into dust yeah um, <laughs> all, all the effects in that movie i really enjoyed and it's written by the screenplay is written by dan o'bannon who wrote uh alien mm -hmm. which i didn't know until i rewatched. I just I just pulled it up so I I would get the trivia right. Uh, Matilda May is only in the movie for seven minutes. Really? Total. You're kidding Total. me. Yeah, but it makes it. it you remember? Yeah, don't I you? feel like yeah. I just feel like she's walking around naked for half an hour. Hey, yeah. Dame Judi Dench was only in Shakespeare in Love for eight minutes. Okay, and she won an Oscar for that. So. Yeah. You don't have to be on screen <laughs> that long. Nope. It's what you do with your, the guy who always played the supporting role in plays, the guy who always got right. two lines. It's not how many lines you got. It's what you did with the lines you did get. Yeah. Yep. Marlon Brando Time. and Superman. Marlon Brando and Superman. <laughs> Time slows down. <laughs> I barely remember him. But yeah, do you, do you, do you like that movie, uh, Life Force? Oh, I mean, do you yeah. enjoy all his movies, or is there a movie you watch of his? You're like, eh, this one's, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, nobody's perfect. <laughs> Surely, I mean, well, when you when you when you commit your life to to, to a project, uh, and you and you watch all of the films over and over, you find um, you find something to like and everything. But you know, if I'm if I'm going to if I'm going to sit down on a Friday night and have a, have a glass of wine and watch a Toby Hooper movie, I'm probably not going to pick, you know, Eggshells, his first movie, which was an, an experimental film and, and really interesting, um, but but not um, not as fun to watch, you know, as, as something like Chainsaw right. or Chainsaw 2, Life Force. Um, right. Probably Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is my 
personal favorite, not a, not really? evaluating, not evaluating quality, but just subjectively. Uh, um, and partly because it's the first film of his I ever saw as a kid watching USA Up All Night. So it was. It was <laughs> That, that show has come up in conversation on the City Vimco podcast before. Yes, <laughs> yes. it has. Yes, because you can you you can find something fun in any movie. Because I picked a movie one week that I thought was about summer camp because it was called it summer camp. Soft porn, <laughs> soft porn movie, but. I had a fun time watching it. I was like, there's it was basically softcore porn. Now talk about like there's awkward the... segues. The week before I had picked a TV movie called Poison Ivory with Michael oh. J. Fox and Nancy McKeon. And we went from that to. Will was shaking his head. Does you like, you know that movie. I never heard of that movie. Well, what are you going to tell us? Uh, well, I thought you were going to say the Poison Ivy with um, Drew Barrymore. Oh, no, 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 no. We didn't do no. This was a TV oh, movie from like about six or seven oh. years before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, um, Will looks so excited. Tell us what you're going to tell us. <laughs> you were so no, no, no. I was, I, I was the wrong oh. Poison Ivy, but I know, I know what you're talking about now. You know, that was a good period of time for uh, Michael J. Fox. You know, he just done um, Class of 1984 and Midnight mm-hmm. Madness and. Um, high school USA it was right before he right before he broke big with family ties so yeah, yeah. oh okay yeah wow but I'm writing seen a book him. about him next <laughs> you, you knew all of that well <laughs> I I uh, I haven't seen Poison Ivy yet, so I'll have to. Uh, no, I, I have no plans. No, don't. That. No, don't. Buy. Just listen to <laughs> no. the study Bimco episode featuring <laughs> Poison Ivy. You don't have to. You do not have to commit an hour and a half of your life to it. Will trust me on this. Just listen to our podcast. You'll know everything you need to know about it. Well, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that if we actually have Will watch that, I have a feeling there might be legal action taken against <laughs> us. Well, I like I like Nancy McKeon. She was she was my uh, facts of life crush when I was a kid. Me too. Oh, okay. Me too. Absolutely. You and um, me, Will. <laughs> she was great. But I'll tell you what: if you if you ever do another '80s Michael J. Fox episode, and you and you do the movie Midnight Madness, uh, I would be delighted to come back on. I love that movie. Do you? Oh, okay. okay. I Midnight I don't remember Madness. this movie. This is a oh, theatrical man. movie. Uh, I guess it must have. I never saw it on anything but uh, on okay. video. But it, it's uh, it's got David Naughton from uh, American Werewolf in London. And oh, okay, Midnight the, Madness. Yeah, the conceit is all these these different teams from different um, frats and sororities go on a scavenger hunt around the city, uh, okay. and it is and hijinks ensue. Um, okay. and is, that's what we like. It's hilarious. We like, it hijink. we like hijinks. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great one. It's a, it's a hoot. <laughs> Although I have to tell the audience at home, this is a, a, the first time we've had the sibling of another guest. You're, you're the right. brother of Georgia, and I do want to warn you that Georgia wanted to watch Teen Witch, mm-hmm. and uh, now, now she's John's arch enemy. John did not like that movie. <laughs> So no, I, I didn't, I didn't say I didn't like the movie. I didn't like the guy who played the brother. What was the heck? What the heck was his name? JJM, weren't those his initials? What was his name again? I don't remember. John. I don't remember either. I got a lot of hate mail on that. Apparently, the kid had a lot more fans, and he only made like two or three films. But apparently, he's got, I guess that's what you call a cult following, because all of a sudden, the biggest rise, we, the biggest response we got from that episode was that I was 
saying how much I just like the child actor who played the brother. Too hard on him. <laughs> I remember watching that movie with her when we were kids. It was serialized on the new Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, oh, my, oh my God. Oh, oh God. okay. What a, a nightmare. Well, I mean, I think the box office is only like $45,000. And I don't think I'm being hyperbolic here. I think like the box office is like $45,000 because I think it came out the same week as uh, I can't remember now. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, that, that that would be the natural progression on that. But, you know, as long as we're talking about Georgia, I don't know your age difference. But um, no, but I'm just curious, too, because okay. here we have two siblings who have both um, – basically you know made careers out of the film industry <laughs> one working on the technical end of it one working on the academic end of it mm-hmm. um did you watch a lot of film together did you have a shared love of film or was it something that you both came to independently um well i am i am older i'm five years older which which made um socializing a little difficult because just as she right. got older old enough to really watch movies i was already out of the house uh, which I'm, right. sure she was, I'm sure they were all grateful about um <laughs> but we we grew up we grew up uh as you know in a really rural area and um didn't have access to a lot of films and i, di- I didn't really get into watching um watching films seriously until so we got i got to college i, I think i think she was kind of the same we there were a couple of movies we'd seen you know a hundred times as kids just on tv but uh, mm-hmm. we weren't we weren't serious about it. and do you have um, another sibling no no it's just the two of us oh, okay yeah so i have i have no idea neither you know our, our folks are not isn't that something though that you well, would I'm both a, film would be sorry. part of i'm just saying that film would be a big part of both of your lives and that, that's I suppose That's it's a form. It's a, I suppose it's a form of rebellion because our father is a, an amazing gardener. And he loves, <laughs> oh, okay. Georgia told us this, and are you loves, are you are you also going to tell what he gardens, or are we not supposed um, to talk about that? No, well, no, no. The two of us are the two of us are in New York State. It's legal up here. It doesn't matter. Oh, I, I, I see what you're getting at. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, see, would, oh, I see what you're getting at. No, we're not going to throw dad under we the will. bus. Come on. We can edit this no, out if you want. Georgia is just it, like, it, I just found still, out he's growing. Still he's growing in most states, and, I believe, and I believe the Commonwealth of Virginia is one of those states where it's still illegal. No, so. no it's, oh, really? it's oh, they, yeah, You can have a certain amount. Yeah. Great. Oh, oh yeah. Like, um, yeah, we have like six, six up here at six plants for personal use. Yeah. Right. It's like that. Yeah. It's like that. But no, he was also very good at, at growing food for uh, nourishment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? And, uh, and he, he likes to be outside and, 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 work, and working with, with, you know, with the soil and. and <laughs> yeah. And, I, kinda, I like and, that. And, and oh, tending I love it. I love it. And so what, what better way to rebel against uh, a, a father like that than to stare at a screen for the rest of your life? <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix you. Yeah, we will never step outside our homes again. <laughs> We're going to be tasty and weak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, what do you think of uh, – I just watched this also during the pandemic. The pandemic I revisited a lot. Yeah. What, what, how, what's your feelings on um, Salem's Lot? Oh, man. You know, watching that film again uh, during the course of the, the research and then listening to Toby Hooper does a commentary track on the, on the Blu-ray of it. 
Oh, does he? Wow. Fantastic. I mean, well, you know, Chainsaw has very little and almost no gore, no blood. And I think that experience prepared him very well for um, Salem's Lot. And because he was able to do stuff that was so scary, I couldn't believe it was on network television. Yeah, right. Um, but I assume a shoestring budget. I don't know if you know the budget, but um, it was, not, it, was not, pretty, not a... it was a pretty decent budget. I, okay. I mean, uh, they had some some big set pieces, but not not anything amazing. I mean, it's a made for television movie in nineteen what seventy um, six nine, seventy seven nine. I forget. Um, you know, not they're not putting. But yeah, I, I I remember in my head. Hmm? <laughs> it's not HBO money or anything. No. Um, I remember but, the kid uh, floating in the window being a very yeah. eerie effect, and it probably oh, was yeah. not an expensive effect to do. No, just a platform and some and some string, but that tap, tap, tapping at the window gets yeah. you every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the character yeah. in the chair who, I forget their names. Oh, uh, Jeffrey Lewis, yeah. Oh, that's the actor, yeah. Jeffrey Lewis. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he's in the chair, and he's, yeah. That's the that was the image I remember from childhood when I watched it again, you know, as an adult. That was the scene: Jeffrey Lewis in the chair with the eyes and the and the fangs coming out. Um, yes. That cliffhanger moment of Reggie Nalder as the as the vampire just jumping up, you know. Uh, God, that's a great one. Yeah, <laughs> so I, might you, I might start you research. That I just was. I was just saying. I might start that again tonight. <laughs> no? All right, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to admit to you that I never did see Eaten Alive. Eaten Alive is really, it? I, it's really interesting. Uh, you know, it, that was a compromised production um, that he did not. Uh, he was not able to make Eaten Alive in the way that he intended. It still has a lot of great stuff in it, and it's it's wild. Uh, yeah. Neville Neville Brand has a has a um, incredibly psychotic performance in it, um, and it's bleak too. It's it's it's. I saw it the really, trailer. Yeah, I, I I argue that one of um, Hooper's recurring themes is is about obsolescent men, and this movie certainly <laughs> has that uh, in, ineffective and impotent fathers. Uh, uh, repressed sure. repressed violence um even Puritans, in even yeah. in poltergeist i think oh yeah I don't, the, I don't remember that father being like a big hero in the movie oh no he sucks i, I mean the the the, <laughs> and, the real the, and all credit to craig t nelson he had a great performance but the key the key moment of his character is you know he's sitting in a chair uh smoking pot reading reagan Reagan, reagan biography right <laughs> Right, I remember yeah. that. What a yummy piece of shit, you know. <laughs> I know. So yeah, it's all it's all about these these um, dangerously obsolescent men, and the men in um, also Life Force. They're pretty much, yeah. you know, Patrick Stewart is he's like possessed in that movie too. I forget what happens to him. He's very wandering around in a haze. Find me a hero in um, any Toby Hooper movie, and and it will be news to me. There's a there's a couple of heroines here and there, but right, <laughs> not many heroines. <laughs> so, Will, I I can talk about Toby a lot, but I've kept you 40 minutes, so I want to get your your high school story that's either embarrassing or terrifying or bizarre. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we don't know what it's about, so. I hope I'll be able to eat after this. But anyway, go ahead. I hear there's blood and gore involved. But anyway, do you, do you want to tell us the year you were in high school or, or not? I don't care. But if you this, want to give us a time was, period, I graduated high school in 1996, so 92 to 96, and this story happened in. I just wanted the range, the early 90s. Yeah. Your 94. favorite band was Hootie and the Blowfish. You know, just yeah, <laughs> set the stage. Or was it Hootie and the Blowfishes, the the, the little known band? Similarly, that, that was that was the Christian rock band. They had to change yes. their names. Up. <laughs> so it was Hootie, Hootie and the Blow Loaves and Fishes, I believe. Right. Tim is what she meant oh, to say. Man. Funny enough, at the end of the story, a Christian rock band makes an appearance. <gasps> Ooh, okay. I love it. I, lo- I love a little twist at the end. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this story might uh, actually uh, be uh, uh, fodder for a Toby Hooper movie. Uh, Wow. So, uh, to give a little backstory about how this, there's there's some elements. I'm going to tell this as quickly as possible, but it's probably going to it's still going to be kind of a long story. That's okay. So, so I grew up unchurched, uh, and in the very small town where where we grew up, being unchurched, you may as well be sucking the dick of Satan. Yes. Um, if, can I say that on atheist, your podcast? Yeah. yeah. Can I say that on your podcast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> So, um, you know, it was, it was, um, anytime there was a conflict with a peer, you know, my godlessness would come up as, as, as uh-huh. a constant retort. Thanks. Um, but you know, I didn't, I didn't do any, I, I tortured a few animals here and there, but, uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they lived. So, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm 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 16 years old. Uh, I'm very awkward and 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 lonely and and you know no no big friends. You know, typical 16 year old stuff. And um, as as young people uh, are are uh, want to do, I was very vulnerable to um, attention. You know, if if a girl paid attention to me, I was like. Here we go. Yes, you do whatever uh, she says. Uh, oh my gosh, and just preen and show off and all this stupid stuff. Well, I began uh, speaking with a young woman who came up from a, a very religious household. Um, were were um, um, very modest clothing, uh, had not had any dates or or anything like that. Was more or less betrothed to some guy who was going to preacher school that was five or six years older than her. Which, when you're sixteen, oh, wow. somebody's five or six years older. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so she does. She, I think she, I think she had some kind of um, moment of independence and broke up with him. And so she was, she was feeling, she was feeling herself and flirted with me a little bit. And I, and I was like, oh, I can corrupt this one. Um, <laughs> so I asked her out on a date, and and you know, going out on a date, as far as I knew at that point, was going to the mall and walking around. You know, right. And, going uh, to Spencer then, Gifts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and um, you know, hopefully getting back into the car and, right. and making out or whatever. Yeah, hopefully hopefully she'll be sucking Satan's dick. But anyway, oh, yes, I went there. I'm oh, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, alas. Um, alas. No, I, so I'll get past this part quickly. It was the worst date I ever had. And uh, she, she, like, every place we went, she would flirt with, Whoever was working at the store, oh, was no, working uh, with the guy in the leather goods store, and, and um, even the guy was, making the cookies. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and pretzels. Uh, <laughs> Even yeah. the guy wearing the hairnet? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> and, you know, I, I thought... And and I was a dick, right? I thought I thought it would be kind of funny for us to go out on a date because we were so different and everything. But no, in fact, we just had nothing to talk about, nothing in common. And right. It was boring. I'm sure it was boring for her too. So I'm taking her home, and I'm thinking to myself, I am never calling this girl again. Again, no fault of her own. We're just completely incompatible. Of course, at age 16, my thought was, she sucks. Um, <laughs> uh, so we're driving along, and and uh, I'm not speeding or anything, but we're on Backwoods Road and, and using, you know, the bright headlights. And, and we come around a curve, going about 40 miles an hour, and a deer runs out. Ooh. And, you know, we, we hit the deer, uh, lose control of the car. Neither of us are wearing seatbelts. So we go down into a ditch, and I got a blackout moment. I wake up, and... Uh, uh, crushed against the steering wheel the uh, the glass is all over me i feel something a uh, sharp pain in my neck and i reach up and pull out a shard of glass oh no, no. no. might have been some artery or something but I, I pulled it out my knee hurts my knee i can see my kneecap uh, it's oh, shit. and so I, I look over at her and i'm like are you okay and, and she's she's hurt you know, she says uh, you know uh I, I want to go to sleep. And I know I've seen some TV show where they say not to do that. Don't go to right. sleep. So I'm like, uh, count to 10, uh, say your, say your, uh, alphabet backwards. And shit. Right. I don't know. <laughs> so we're down in a ditch and I, I recite, eventually get recite second Corinthians, do something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shouldn't see, but I wouldn't know. If only I had been there in the back seat. <laughs> but anyway, tell me what happens in this Bible of yours. Um, <laughs> So, so I managed to get up to the, uh, the road and I get her up to, uh, and we, we, we flag down somebody and, uh, and, uh, get taken to the hospital and God damn it. You know, I never wanted to talk to this girl again, but of course now I got to go visit her in the hospital. She's got, <laughs> she's got a broken arm and, and, and a ruptured spleen. And, and so I, haven't, I haven't gotten to the embarrassing part yet. Well, she did live. Um, Can we make jokes? Did she live? She did live. <laughs> okay. Uh, I didn't want to make uh, any jokes. You're going to say she died. I yeah, and we're like, oh, oh, oh. And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say what's happened since 1996, but okay. um, at least as as long as it, I, I am not the reason if she's yes. gone, I'm yes. not the reason. Um, <laughs> so you know, and it was it was bad. She had to be in the hospital for like a month. Uh, oh. and it was, she was in the Ronald McDonald House, you know, because we're all poor, you know, uh, and uh, and all this and that, and. Uh, you know, so I go and visit her like like you're supposed to do, and I am I'm kind of embarrassed at school because people are like, you know, this this dumbass Dodson tried to kill her, can't drive worth the shit, you know, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. Right. And and, 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 and if I can I'm, stop you, unless the story's going here, did did her parents were like, goddamn atheist can't drive? Was that stuff <laughs> going on or? I, uh, never happened. Never to me. I I, okay. I got I got the sense that her stepdad was uh, trying to figure out how much money. Um, yeah, he could get from us, but uh, uh, luckily for us, there was nothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. Yeah. So, okay. So Sorry. anyway, she recovers and everything, and 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 I try to kind of maintain a friendship, but of course, we're not going to date anymore. Okay. So fast forward uh, a year or so, we, we're not really talking anymore, and uh, I've started dating a, a young woman from a different high school. Which is always a smart move. You don't want to date somebody in the same high school. If it's a small high school, especially, you want to date somebody right. outside. You don't want that way. The gossip doesn't get you know. 
Mm-hmm. You want to you want to spread the gene pool too, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> but uh, all right, so I was kind of an autodidact when it came to music at the time. I was really obsessive about music, um, and and I, like, I would get into a band. Didn't care what genre, but if I would get into them, I want to hear everything they ever did. Um, and in inexpl- most of the stuff I listened to was like, you know. My life with a thrill kill cult ministry, that kind of stuff. I was written into that stuff, but inexplicably, I got into this Christian rock band that I just oh. thought was terrific. Plot twist. They're called they're called Dakota Motor Company. Oh, and, Dakota. 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 Yeah. Oh. I, I don't know why. I mean, it's it's, it's cheesy, poppy. Um, you know, fill me up with your Jesus love stuff and. and <laughs> But, but it's good. I liked it. I like it uh-huh. today. I'll stand by it. If they're still touring, I'll go see them. Wow. Um, well, I attempted to see them. They were playing in Blacksburg, Virginia, uh, near Virginia Tech. And again, this is a year or so later. And I, I went with my new girlfriend to, to go see the band, got the tickets and everything. And we get there and um, something's gone on. They're, the band's late or the show's going to start late. There's a technical problem. I don't remember what. And what I did not anticipate going to this Christian rock show is that the audience was going to be Christian. Oh yeah, um, which that never that never crossed your mind once. Well, <laughs> it didn't cross my mind because I was unaware of any kind of cultural differences between me and and You're unaware um, of the power of Christ. So I we're we're outside and there are all these people with really wide eyes and like super wide grins because they've never orgasmed before. Um, <laughs> they're teenagers and they're just filled to the brim with repression. And they've got this they've got this prayer circle going and there and and there's a man standing in it and he's about six foot eight and and uh and he's got this gravelly voice, uh, and uh, he sees me, and he recognizes me, and he says, I will. Oh, it's so great to see you. Come come and let me pray on you. And and this was the guy that uh, my date had broken up with that was going to future school. Oh. They put him back together. He had locked it down. They were engaged to be married, and he oh. wanted to pull me into his circle. <laughs> And and begin asking me about that night, that date. You know, you went on a date and started asking me details, and you know, oh, no. uh, uh, and and you know, uh, you know, is there anything you regret? Any sins you wish to confess? Um, is, is this his creepy way of wanting to know that his wife is a virgin? Is that what's happening? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, um, I can. Yeah. I will say her honor was not besmirched. I had. I had oh, you don't have no, to tell us. Yes, I yeah. made no untoward. untoward <laughs> oh. Well, so you know, and and God love them both. I hope they were happy together uh, uh, because I certainly was not the right person for it. But no. uh, so, but the, this is the embarrassing moment, right? I'm standing in the middle of this this fucking prayer circle, surrounded oh, no. by. Now, talk about a horror movie moment, right? I'm, I'm mm. down. <laughs> this this gigantic preacher man with a with a voice that that uh that sounds like uh acid and bleach um <laughs> and and all of these um true believers surrounding me you know just with their hands up and i feel you know right. so i got the hell out of there uh i told my girlfriend i was like we gotta go um and she was a 
church girl. She wanted to stay and, and do the, the church activities. Um, I, I really was, was your, making. Was your ex girlfriend there, by the way? I believe so. I you just didn't I see cannot, just, I can't remember. I can't remember. Just, if just I was, later, just later a spine. But other than that, she was all there. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I was. I was so mortified. Um, like one of those moments where you feel like an interloper. And I, I, I ran from that place. I did not see Dakota motor company. I still to this day have not seen Dakota motor company. And I believe the original singer is no longer with them. So if I ever do see them, it won't be the same. Hmm. Uh, So that experience was robbed of me, but I, so in that, in that moment, I felt, I felt the glass and the pain and the sharpness of the crash looking at looking at this man and, and, and just my eyes darted around at all these strangers trying to lay their hands on me. And, and I, I fled, I ran and I've been running ever since. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. And, and that's, uh, that's <laughs> so weird. That's you story. wanted to know all about that night though. You're not sure what it was he wanted. He wanted, sounds, he wanted to know if he wanted to know if Will got something. That's what he was trying to. Yeah, that's, that's what that's he was so trying weird. to say without saying it. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, and you know, if I if I had the quick rapier wit that I have today, I'm sure I could have come up with some great rejoinders. You know, like, yeah. like I have nothing bad to say about her except for you know, not a good date. Not <laughs> a good date. Okay, well, well, that's very yeah. generous of you. I mean, no, that's well, actually. I, no, I gotta say, you know, no, I can't, I'm, I'm I can't being sincere it. here. It was it was like a little rum springer for her, you know. It was, yeah, yeah. It was uh, you can't blame her for being excited. Um, oh, yeah. No so, no. so what happened with the second girlfriend? Like after you did not go see Dakota Motor <laughs> oh, Company, geez. and she, oh, no, right. I want to know what happened because oh. she she really yeah. wanted to go see. Was that oh, basically she, the end of that relationship because you didn't go see Dakota? Or no. did you date her for a while longer? I you mean, didn't. I. Yeah, we dated for a while, um, and then, um, yeah, I, something in her realized that she was better than me, which that's happened quite a few times in my life. Oh, I can relate yeah. to that. Um, and me, I don't know. She, she, she ended up getting married to a NASCAR driver. Whoa. So, okay. He's doing okay. <laughs> so, Will, then, then after that, who did you date? <laughs> well, you Just know, keep going. Uh, no, no. As a, as, a, uh, as a mentor to young people, um, I always say that when you're young and beautiful, you should fall in love with as many people as possible. Yeah. Amen. And, uh, and I, I certainly did my best to live up to that advice. <laughs> Amen. Sounds good. No, I, I, totally, <laughs> was, I totally agree with that. That was a great story. <laughs> And it's been an hour, and that was a great story, and I love talking about Toby Hooper. Um, and and you go go ahead, plug your book one more time, so we get it all right. Oh, where where yeah. can people get it? What's it called? Who's the publisher? Yeah, I and thank you so much for for giving some attention to to Toby Hooper. He really deserves uh, postu- the posthumous reputation that yeah. eluded him in, in lifetime. The book is uh, American Twilight: The Cinema of Toby Hooper. It's on appropriately the University of Texas Press and. I want to thank everybody there because they were they're so great to work with. Um, and Christopher Woofter and I um, are the co-editors, and we've got a, a rogues gallery of great writers. Um, it's in hardback now. Okay. Uh, it's got a great dust jacket. Look good on the shelf. Check Joe it out. Bob, Joe Bob Briggs, did he do one, you said? 
Joe Bob oh, Briggs. Joe Bob yeah. Briggs. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, here's a little epilogue. Um, okay. I'm a huge Joe Bob Briggs fan. Uh, okay. In fact, he more than anything got my my father gave me his first collection of essays back in like 1989. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm too young to have read him when he was syndicated columnist, mm-hmm. but I read all of his books and watched him on Monster Vision and, and um, drive-in theater as many people did. But um, I kind of, uh, you know, he's always been a champion of Toby Hooper and wrote one of the great histories of the production of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I just went to his website and and, and uh, emailed the the contact information said, Hey, you know, we don't want anything. We just, we have this book and we'd, we'd like to send it to you uh, just as a way of saying thanks for, for all you do. And he wrote back and said, send me the book and I'll give you a blurb. And oh, nice. um, which, yeah, which, which nice. He, he did. And then um, later uh, Chris and I, um, we were going to have a, we had a live stream um, to promote the book uh, on YouTube with, with, with University of Texas Press with some other writers, Scout Tafoya, who's also written a book about um, uh, Toby okay. Hooper, Stan, Stan Giese, who I mentioned before, Julius Banzon, who runs the Toby Hooper Appreciation website. Oh, and Joe Bob agreed to come on that. So we, we oh, that's um, incredible. Uh, this and we had a good hour and a half long conversation about Toby Hooper. And is that on YouTube? All, it is on YouTube. Okay, you can, I didn't see that one. So people yeah. can check it out. Just uh, uh, call Google it? Joe Bob. Uh, okay. It's. Um, well, if you, if you Google the title of the book and Joe Bob Briggs okay. or my name and Joe Bob Briggs, it'll right. come up. Or okay. go to the okay. University, University of Texas Press YouTube channel. Has it? Has it a, right. Yeah, you know, all, all the mutant family uh, joined in, and I, I so appreciate it. Uh, that's, that's my community, you know. Had, had I been at a concert with the mutant family, which would have been yeah, – that would have been a Guar show yes. probably. Thanks so much. Right. Thanks, Thanks so much, Thank Will. you, Will. It was a pleasure. Yeah. A pleasure to talk <laughs> to you, and uh, thanks. Goodbye. Yeah, so John, that was a great show. That was was a fantastic show. I just love it. We, we, you know, we have some really interesting guests, Tim. I will say, and that's all on you. Tim books all the guests. I know nobody. Um, If I didn't have a job, I'd basically be a shut-in. I'd be like, remember when you used to go to mass as a kid and they'd pray for the shut-ins? I'm like, I wonder who the shut-ins are. Well, now I know. (laughs) I am a shut-in. so no, I never this is knew awesome. what a shut-in and they're, was. And they're, and they're awesome. And they're awesome Yes, I know nobody. Oh, thank you. I just beg people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that was a great show. Thank you, Will. You um, and we're going to continue uh, our is, little Halloween well, Spooka-Fest, right? Yes. What, Spooka-Fest? Come on. <laughs> Spooka-Fest. Ter- terror. Terror. Uh, oh, Terror. terrifying i don't know that is true because i am i am losing sleep so yes so this is the first week of that next two weeks we're going to watch some scary movies and john is picking a movie next week yes how scary is it, it well it's got bunnies in it it's terrifying okay because bunnies bunnies are scary what bunnies, bunnies are scary, scary. bunnies are terrifying as okay. you will hear me say next week throughout <laughs> the episode but the movie is a 1970 food. Fo- I can't even talk. 70 food? 1972 70 movie. 1972 movie. And all I've had is a little sweet tea, which is the house wine of the South. Um, and, and it's an MGM movie from 1972 starring Janet Lee with a supporting uh, part played by 
DeForest <laughs> Kelly, a.k.a. Bones mm-hmm. McCoy from the original Star Trek. What's it called? You didn't still Night of the Leapus. Yeah. I did say it. Night of the Leapus. Did you say it? I well, did I've say more, it. I've had more than teas. I don't know what you're saying. Mm. Let's get out of here. <laughs> you can email yeah, us. No, don't, 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 don't be ashamed to ask for help, Tim. <laughs> Step Bimcoff. one in the 12 steps is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> Accept it. Problems. I admit all my Learn problems. your higher power. <laughs> no. Anyway. <laughs> we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. <laughs> email us. Seti Bimco with an E at Gmail. It's Seti Bimco, but you put an E at the end. At gmail.com. We're on Twitter. Seti Bim. We're on Instagram. Uh, Seti underscore Bimco. Is that right, John? Yes. Email us. Give us give us five stars and then give us ten stars. And uh, leave a review. We're on YouTube. We're on everything, Apple. We're on everything. We're gonna be on on Peacock soon. I'm lying about the Peacock thing, but I thought, well, maybe (laughs) maybe people share like You have sweet dreams. All right, Tim. Yeah, I am gonna go to sleep. I've been up for about twenty hours. It's a good thing I didn't drink. All right, Tim, bye bye. Seti Binko is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly. Produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party Line. It's a party line.